Hey lovelies, welcome to another episode of Bitch Prince. Wow, what a freaking week it's been. <laughs> We've got protests happening, we're not even halfway through the week here, and things are definitely getting heated up in America. I really do urge everyone to remember this is a worldwide issue and our country is trying to handle it in the best way they can. I'm not saying everything's happening perfectly, but no, it, it, it is always very ironic to me when I see a group of mostly white people with a ton of guns who stereotypically should have a pretty impressive doomsday bunker since they believe that they would, you know, survive the apocalypse out of everyone with their guns and their doomsday bunker. And here they are protesting and slandering minorities as per usual. I'm a Jewish woman, and so it does hit me a little harder when these things happen. Uh, you never want to see swastikas in your country that is supposed to be a, a country of safe havens. So I hope, if anything, we are the majority of this country is reaching a point of empathy where we realize, you know, if shit really got bad, we would all want to run to Canada. So maybe we should be a little bit more empathetic in how we're treating people who are escaping their horrible countries to come here and maybe think of some better processes to not keep them locked in cages. I know we joke about we're running away to Canada all the time. And if we really had an apocalyptic situation happen or a civil war and we'd want to run away, we would do so for our families. So I hope we can start realizing that and becoming empathetic with people that are trying to get into a country like ours that they think is awesome. And I hope that people just realize more and more that this quarantine is for sure difficult and everyone has the right to protest, but, you know, anger, we're all going through grief and anger is a step of grief. And so I'm trying to even be empathetic with people that were protesting and with guns and having very harmful sayings towards other people, not only minorities, but just saying that they would rather literally die of this disease than have to stay in their home. I mean, we have so much to still be fortunate for in our homes, technology being one of them. We have way more advanced of a society and way more luxurious homes than the majority of humanity has ever had. So it, it's really crazy to me that especially older people can't put that in perspective. You know, older people that lived without microwaves and plastics and technology. And it's definitely surprising to me. And I'm not trying to discount any mental health, but try to remember in this time that anger is a form of grief and to not get too angry that you hurt others. Everyone gets to decide what's best for their household, but at the same time, we need to kind of be in this together, not to sound like fucking high school musical. We're all in this together. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want your ears to bleed. I want you to keep listening. But I'm, I'm always trying to think of ways to be empathetic with both sides. So please just stay inside to help the older people, not even the older people. Younger people are still getting this disease. There are cases of older people who have survived it. So everyone can be affected. We don't know yet if you could be affected as a person. You don't know how your body would react. We don't know. And there's no vaccine to potentially help us out if we were to get it. So please just try to be empathetic even with the angry people so that you don't cause yourself even more stress and mental health struggles in your home. 
But of course, you know, I say to the people that are protesting, it's your, it's your right, of course, but please keep in mind that minorities matter and we all make up this country and we all just want to be safe. And if you don't think that living in quarantine is worth it, then do your thing, but please stay away from people in your life that would be more susceptible to the disease. Don't pass it to them. And please, everyone, just try to respect each other because this is worldwide. This isn't just even our nation. And I just having something like a civil war right now would be, um, you know, literally the worst thing. And with how the president tweets out certain things and how I'm seeing some people react to the quarantine, it it makes me a, a little nervous that something like that would be on the horizon. So keep it within your household. Make sure your household is safe. That's all we really have power over right now. And just try to keep in perspective what we do have compared to all of humanity's existence. So with that, I'm going to stop my rambling, <laughs> but I really do implore you to to try to, to keep that perspective. Right now with my friends, our main goal is to just try to schedule as many little things as possible to make ourselves feel a little bit happier. I feel like the last two weeks I've been struggling with that, but this past weekend, my one of my friend's soulmates and I who lives, she lives in Boston, we had a nice little tea party. So I mentioned on my last shout out to Tina's Traditional Kitchen on last week's episode, I got that scone mix, I got the jelly, and I made some madelines, which are yummy little tea cakes that are shaped like shells, and some cucumber dill finger sandwiches, and a pot of nice little herbal fruity tea, and my friend and I had this really great tea party on Sunday. So you may have harder days when... The grief is just too much, but please keep that in mind that you can still schedule special moments to share. Another group of my friends, we have kind of always done an on and off, I don't want to call it book club, but as we started all moving away after college, I have probably brought up that we like to read books together. If any of you follow Emma Roberts at all, her and one of her friends do this as well. You can actually follow, they have an Instagram called Bellatrist. It's B-E-L-L-E-T-R-I-S-T. And I think Emma was in like LA and her friend was in New York or something like that. And so they would read books together to stay connected pre-COVID. And I follow them. I definitely recommend following them on Instagram because they do a book a month and they really do a great job of following up with it and highlighting libraries and authors and all sorts of amazing books. I get a lot of my next read ideas from Bellatrice, so I highly recommend checking them out on Instagram. But my friends and I on and off have always kind of tried to do a book, maybe not a month, but we pick a month, we try to finish that book in a month, even if we're not doing this every month. <laughs> so we decided to kind of pick that up, and we've been reading Play It As It Lays by Joan Didion. So it's it's almost like a virtual book club. We try to get through half of it in the first half of the month and then finish it by the end of the month and and come together. So again, it just adds another shared experience and helps you to remember to talk to your friends and to stay connected and it, it'll add some structure and routine to your quarantine lifestyle without having, you know, too much routine that you get frustrated because 
at this point, you know, it's trying to find the balance of, I have all this extra time. Do I be productive or do I let myself veg? And as per most things in life, the right answer is right in the middle. You know, it's all about moderation. So I highly recommend trying it out. The Joan Didion book, Play It As It Lays, is a really quick read as well. And there's a lot of really good quotes in there and a lot that I feel like since it's a book relating to depression that can definitely give us some insight and maybe some therapeutic um, topics to kind of to kind of go through at this time. So I definitely recommend it. I will probably be quoting some Joan Didion on my own Instagram, which is at Mallory.Blaine. M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot B-L-A-Y-N-E. Feel free to follow me on there. If you guys have any topic suggestions or anything that you'd like to hear, especially during this time to stay connected or anything like that. But I definitely recommend Joan Didion for a therapeutic read. And that's really what I want to talk about today is therapy and mental health. This is a huge topic, so I doubt this will be the only episode where I ever talk about therapy ever. But it's becoming more and more important as we are stuck in our houses. And I think being isolated and having people spend more time in the, in their own homes with themselves and with more time with their own brain has definitely probably made more people self-aware and not had distractions around them to block out how they need to be treating their mental health. I know it's really hard, but one of the things that I really, really hope comes out of this is that more and more people understand the value of mental health and utilize this time to try and find better routines, better medication, better ways to help themselves cope with their own mental health. This is the time to do it. So I really want to talk today about therapy in general. I've seen on Facebook a lot People posting how it is really hard for people that are, in quotations, healthy right now. And I don't disagree. I mean, I definitely think that we need to still keep mental health in mind for sure. I am not saying that we should not be doing that. But I always say be careful what you put online in general because we should all be careful what we put online. Who knows if it could spiral out of control and... We don't want to be the next negative viral hit and have a Facebook conversation splashed all over Reddit that makes us look like a shithead. But I also always like to point out that you also should put it in perspective with your privilege. I'm not comparing these one-on-one because they're not a one-to-one comparison, but if we look back at minority movements we can see that there is a trend that when someone else needs our attention in society, when we need to focus on a certain group, let's say Black Lives Matter, that all of a sudden anyone who doesn't fall into that group starts saying, well, I matter too. And we get into this really negative spiral that defeats the purpose of bringing to the attention issues of a certain group or religion or race or minority It's not to disclude, it's to include. It's saying, hey, we don't feel included in the mass. We're not sitting here saying we want special privileges. We're saying, hey, our black lives matter. I'm saying our, I'm not black. I'm not looping myself into that at all. I do not know those struggles. But we 
are trying to point ourselves out not to say we're more important or more this or more that. We're saying we are just as important and no one is paying attention and we are being harmed more and we just want to be included. And I think too many people look at movements like this and think, oh no, they think that they're special and that other people don't matter and they're trying to lift themselves up and say that they're better and they're th- and they deserve special treatment. Not at all. That is not what is happening. These things get pointed out because if they don't reach this level of not in your face, but hey, we exist and we're shouting at the top of our lungs like we matter, if they don't shout, they will not be heard. And it's all about trying to be inclusive. And so I do say to people that are struggling with their mental health, we need to come together and get through this together just like the quarantine. But be careful what you post online because kind of saying this whole, oh, well, healthy people matter too. Yes, we know healthy people matter too. We know this is a struggle. But right now we've got to focus on the bigger picture of people are literally losing their lives. It is not saying that your struggle isn't important. We just have to put things in perspective, as I keep saying, and we have to try to understand that this is hard. It's for a good reason, because if we just let anger take over in our grief, then we're not helping anyone, and we're not helping society, we're not helping other people's lives, and we're not helping our life. Confusion is totally normal right now but try not to let it get fueled into anger and you know I'm I'm Jewish but I'm white and I am a white woman so I I understand some struggles as a Jewish woman but I am still a white person and I know that white people my race say we are the worst about about doing this about saying oh well I know these people are struggling but what about me don't forget about me no one is forgetting about us Everyone realizes that this is a struggle, but let's talk and have the conversation about therapy in a positive way and say, hey, this is hard. Let's get through it instead of trying to say, well, what about the healthy people? Because it's it's borderline crazy and I'm not calling you crazy. Don't call people crazy. That was, you know, sorry, please don't yell at me on Instagram about that. But it's, you've really got to pay attention. One of my favorite quotes from Kurt Vonnegut, and I'm not going to say this right, but um, Kurt Vonnegut is an Indiana writer, so close to my heart, even though I'm in Arizona now, and he does a lot of sci-fi mixed with amazing humor and societal commentary, and he's just a flippin' genius. Um, And in one of his less commonly read books called Night Mother, he uses his experience as a soldier in World War II, and he writes this novel about, you know, a soldier. And there's this whole section where he talks about how people, to fit their religion or their beliefs or their, you know, certain things that they need to believe, they can't just simply have faith and then also accept that science is true and other these lives matter and these topics matter. They can't really accept that it all can go together they have to have their thing be 100% right, even if it is crazy in the sense of not trying to negatively downplay mental health, crazy in the sense of it literally does not make sense in the world scientifically, what have you. And so if we have, if our brain are cogs in a wheel, if we have a bunch of you know, different um, cogs going around in our head as our brain, for these people to be able to fully believe 
what they want to believe, whether it's an idea or a theology or religion, they have to literally and willingly file away teeth on these cogs in their brain that cut out logic. Because in order to have this full belief, they aren't really recognizing faith because faith means, hey, I believe in it. You know, even if other things do maybe prove that it's wrong, I can recognize those things are true and still have my faith. These people, that's not, it's not enough. And too much of society will take the cogs in their head and willingly file away these teeth so that what they want to believe makes sense in their own head. And so no matter how much you come to them saying, no, that's not right because of this, and I'm not trying to down you, but this scientific thing proves this, or that doesn't make sense because of this very valid research, they will never understand because they have already filed that tooth away on their cog. So there's no way of communicating that logic to them because they filed away the tooth on the cog that would be able to make them understand that so that they could believe this one thing they wanted to believe. Um, it, of course, is probably way better <laughs> spoken in Night Mother. I do recommend reading that book. It's one of the less sci-fi ones of Kurt Vonnegut, my favorite being Sirens of Titan, side note. But it is really important right now that we realize the government is focused on this worldwide issue and they don't want widespread death in their country. It can be up in the air whether you think they want the economy to fail. I really don't think anyone in our government wants the economy to fail. They're not doing this for anyone's benefit besides our well-being. And I'm proud of our government for stepping in and trying to do this. And I do find it ironic that the same people that don't agree with, you know, my body, my choice, are now literally threatening the lives of other human beings because they can't sit in their own home. And I really do want anyone, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, I do want all career women to be able to listen to this podcast without feeling like they're being attacked in any way. I am pro-choice, so I am not spreading any judgment whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, or just completely pro-abortion. I am not judging at all. I'm just saying, as a pro-choice person who believes it should be my body, my choice, it does hurt me, especially as a Jewish woman, to see that, you know, women are expected to let men, you know, men get to run away if they impregnate someone, and they can impregnate some, like, a million women a year, and a woman can only get pregnant once a year. So men can be irresponsible all they want, technically, and have no consequence and run away, and women are stuck here pregnant and with this life-altering, life-altering choice to have a child, a life-altering for their body, for their income, for, I mean, obviously, their freaking way of life. And now we have the government saying, hey, other people might die, please just stay inside. And people are protesting that not only can they not handle staying inside uh, for a temporary amount of time, a child is not temporary, that they also are starting to slander minorities and say that they would rather die than stay inside. And it's just, that is insane to me. And I know it's tough, but really we need to check ourselves on our empathy and our 
what we really feel like is valuable in life because I don't understand this obsession with babies and then a complete lack of care about human beings. It's like once a baby is a kid or an adult, we don't care about it anymore. So I just, it's, that to me makes no sense. We should care about babies and humans equally, whether they're one year old or 80 years old. And I really can't condone or understand anyone who doesn't want to keep this country and the humans in it that are alive 100%, we cannot question whether they're alive or not, that they don't care about these people living or dying. So that's a huge step between, hey, my mental health is struggling and I don't care about humanity and I am not interested in civilization or or being civil. Blows my mind. So all we can do is try to work on our therapy right now. What would you do if you got sick? What would you do? You would go to the doctor or the hospital. So if you're having mental health issues and you're feeling angry about it, and especially if you're a white person saying, quote, what about the healthy? Well, you are your own person and you have to take care of your mental health like you would if you were sick in any other way. If you got COVID right now, you would go to the doctor. Even while the government is still trying to, you know, figure out a way to properly handle this disease and keeping everyone safe, bottom line, even if you did get it, you would go to the doctor. So that's what the government needs to focus on right now are the life and death situations. And I realize that mental health can cause suicide. And I'm so I'm, I do realize that, that that is still life and death. But we've got to focus on the, the virus right now. And that is what our government's trying to do. So if you're having mental health struggles right now, take this as an opportunity to learn how to handle it better. When we don't have these distractions and things are stripped away from us, we spend more time alone with ourselves and our minds. So let's fix it. Let's do this now. We have the time. If you got COVID, you'd be going to the doctor or the hospital. So let's take it upon ourselves, healthy people. If we are having mental health struggles, what do we need to do? Go to a doctor. It is the same thing. And if you are confused about that, I am here to talk to you about it. Therapy is so important. And I am a huge therapy advocate. I have been going on and off since I was 16, thanks to my mom, who helped me, you know, find my way into therapy so I could handle my mental health and cope with things that were going on in our household, and it stuck with me. There are a lot of different forms of therapy and a lot of different tools, and I want to talk about them because I want everyone to be able to take this not only now during COVID, but therapy and mental health is something that we should take the time now to recognize extra But this should, after COVID and after this quarantine lifts, this should follow you through in the rest of your life. So this is something that should be valuable and relevant to you in your everyday life. So if it's not already, and this is the first time that you're really having to check in with your mental health, let's talk about it. It is impossible to navigate this world and become a successful and independent career woman or just independent person if your mental health is not in check and it makes it a lot harder of a 
but bottom line, it is your job to handle your mental health properly. Do I think that we need therapy to be more normalized and more health insurance should cover it and yada, yada, yada? Yes, 110% yes. But again, it falls under the same category as finding a doctor for your physical health. If you're a woman, you should be going to the gynecologist once a year. Once a year, even if nothing's wrong, you go and check up and make sure everything's working as good as you think down there. Some of us might get a physical every year, especially if we have high blood pressure or high cholesterol that we need to check up on. And if we're sick, we know that if we get antibiotics from a doctor, that we need to take all of the antibiotics until they're gone, or else we could just get the disease again immediately after if we don't finish those antibiotics. We need to treat mental health in the same way. We need to check in. We need to do regular appointments and we need medication. We do, and it is okay if you do. So let's start with step one, finding a therapist. Right now, of course, that's gonna have to be a virtual experience. With my therapist, she has a little tool that we can use to video chat, but a lot of times it's just easier to FaceTime, so we do. Not all therapists will give out their cell phone numbers, but my therapist is really good with her boundaries of, I'm your therapist, not your friend. And so since she's good about those boundaries, her and I felt safe, you know, sharing our cell phone numbers and FaceTiming. At this point, I was going every week when I was kind of having some family drama that was really hurting me and bringing up a lot of um, old, very old memories and almost kind of a PTSD <laughs> mental health situation from some emotional abuse. But now that I'm kind of back in my zone and we worked through it and solved for that and handled it, I'm seeing her just once a month. I just like a once a month appointment to check in to make sure I'm doing well and make sure that I haven't fallen into my habits that only harm myself. So I like having that regular check-in. And even if I'm not seeing her once a month in the future, having a therapist on hand, just like you have a doctor on hand, you know who your gyno is, you probably know who your core physician would be, your family doctor. I know who my therapist is and I have a therapist I trust and who knows me now, knows my background. So even if I stop going, I know if I need it again, I just call her up and schedule an appointment just like I would for my go-to gyno. <laughs> there you go. I like that word. Go-to gyno. Alliteration, folks. If you are ready to find a therapist and start that virtual journey, it could still be really intimidating. And I understand that. The first step I always say to take is do your research, look online, and if you really don't even know where to start there, if you do have some kind of nine to five job or some kind of health insurance or HR department, there's this really awesome thing called EAP. And that is the letters, EAP. And you can ask your HR department about it. And EAP is part of your HR or health insurance program that gives you free therapy days a year. I get four or five, I think five five therapy days a year and that's per issue quote issue meaning you can go for a specific issue and if you think you need to be going even more you can call back and say hey i have another issue i need more days so the days are per issue uh per I sh instead of saying issue i should say something like 
topic that you really want to address, whether it's, all right, I'm going to go for my depression or I'm going to go because someone passed or I'm going to go, you know, what the reasoning behind why you're seeking a therapist. You can, and maybe this is like an under the table mafia therapy trick, you can, once you use your days, call back in and say, hey, I'm going to continue seeing this therapist, but for a different topic, and then you'll get uh, those five days again. So maybe that's a little bit of an under the table talk, (laughs) but ask your HR department if you have an EAP program. With this EAP program, you call in. They give you a list of therapists in your area, and then you can look them up online. I looked up kind of honestly what they looked like if I think, because I like to know if I'd be comfortable in a room with them, looking at them face to face regularly and discussing my innermost personal details and mental health. And also I do kind of try to picture what their voice might be. I like very specific types of like kind of calming voices really help me out. I like the space to feel calming and meditative almost. So the voice does matter to me. I maybe am one of those people that actually get a kick out of ASMR. I love just that kind of relaxation through voice. But anyway, so the EAP program, you call in just like you would, you know, any insurance situation. They give you a list of therapists after you say what you want to go for. And then you look them up, see what they look like. You can check them out on different psychology directories and it will list what they specialize in. And so that'll help too. say, all right, they really do specialize in depression. So I'm going to go here or see another one that uh, they handle more like family relationships and that's not what I'm going for. And so, you know, select a different one. So check what they specialize in because they are usually very specific. And then you can select your therapist. And so you make an appointment with them and then you just call back the EAP program and let them know which therapist you're selecting. And that's it. And you tell your therapist that you are working through this EAP program and then your therapist and the EAP program handle the rest and quote, bill for your days. So that's all on their plate to keep track of how many days you've gone. And again, I get five. So when I ran out of my five this year, I was going, you know, more as to find my therapist in Arizona, but it became going weekly to handle this little family conundrum. And so now I'm going for myself again. So I did call back my EAP program and say, I'm going to continue seeing my therapist, but it is for a different reason. It's for this reason. So I'm going to see this therapist for this reason. Please, uh, this is when my next appointment is please accept their billing. And so I now have free uh, five additional days with her. So I'll probably pay out of pocket after that, but it's nice just there's your little loophole. So first and foremost, see if you have an EAP to get some free days. I know it is still a privilege to be able to afford therapy. It's not cheap. And when you think of therapy, do not think of, oh, psychiatrist, and I'm laying on my back on this fancy leather couch. It's not like that at all. It's sitting up straight usually, and it's very calm. And you don't have to see a psychologist. There are so many different levels. You can see a counselor, which I saw when I was younger. She worked through the church my mom went through. I had her make sure to not talk too much about religion because I'm not a super religious person. But you can just see a counselor, which is kind of level one. You can see a therapist, which is kind of level two. 
they are more trained and have more experience than a counselor, but they still can't prescribe medicine. And then the psychologist is who, psych- who can actually prescribe medicine. So I'm seeing a therapist right now and I absolutely adore her. She is exactly who I need, someone that listens, but is also a little bit tough, not too tough because, you know, I'm a crier, but really helps me solve for things. So love my therapist that I found through the EAP program. But if you do need medication, that is where, you know, it might get into another emotional step. If you are talking with your therapist, chances are the first thing that they're going to do is try to think of different tools for you to use to help out your mental health. I can list tools all I want, and I have, and I will continue to do that. Listening to podcasts and doing your research and reading books and learning new ways to help your mental health and get you through situations like the one we're in today and better manage your mental health regardless of your lifestyle situation, they're very helpful. And it is helpful to get gentle reminders and refreshers through books and podcasts and other media. All of this really does fall into a bigger picture that you will work through with a therapist called cognitive behavioral studies or practices. Using cognitive behavior to help your mental health is really the first step. If you're not ready for medication or you really want to see how deep your depression, anxiety, etc. is, that's where you start and that's where your therapist will have you begin. So they could suggest things that you've heard before like meditation. I still freaking love the Headspace app so much. Not an ad. I'm just obsessed with it. Even Chelsea Handler on her podcast, Life As I Know It, Life shit, you'll have to look that up. But Chelsea Handler's latest podcast, Worship That Woman, where she talks about starting meditation not only to help her with her mental health, but with her patients. It helps her handle patients in social situations, in her business. It is so, so, so widespread in how it can help you in your life. And a therapist might suggest that, just like, you know, Chelsea Handler can suggest that to you via a podcast. Really, look up Headspace. But they are going to have way more training to help you out with almost kind of non-evasive ways. And by non-evasive, I mean it doesn't throw a wrench in your routine and make you more stressed of doing cognitive behavior. And they're really going to work with you on how you live your life and fitting that into your lifestyle so you can better manage your mental health without medication. And that is the perfect, it's a perfect thing to really start off with. It helps you gauge where you're really at with your mental health. And it's, you know, another step beyond kind of that self-help. Self-help does help, (laughs) but your therapist is going to find a way to really discover what's going to work with you best cognitively and making that change in your behavior way better than you listening to a podcast even where it's going to really make it tailored to you. So that's really the first step. Other tools I use... Uh, besides Headspace that, you know, maybe I found myself, of course, our books. And I do like listening to relaxation podcasts, which kind of falls into meditation a little bit. I mentioned before, I'm a huge My Favorite Murder fan. A lot of us will handle situations that make us stressed or anxious with humor. So I definitely am a true crimer. But those are still just hobbies and they help 
on the day-to-day, but there are way deeper day-to-day behavioral things that your therapist can help you with as far as tools to manage your mental health without medication. If you are ready for medication, first and foremost, I'm not going to say don't be afraid. I was so afraid. I am huge on therapy and I am huge on low doses of medication and starting off to see if that helps that are prescribed because it does help and you need it is your job to take care of your mental health and you would go get antibiotics if you were sick you need to get medication if the chemicals in your head are also making you sick i like to call it mental health because we are being healthy we are trying to be healthy with our mentality we are trying to not be sick i don't want to say it's a sickness Um, or call mental illness, because this is all about finding health. So if you are sick, let's get healthy. If you're ready to try medication, my experience with it was I always have been very pro it, especially since I had a father who had a lot of mental health situations and didn't treat any of them ever with therapy, let alone medication. And I do believe that Certain things, especially his bipolar tendencies that he has had since he was a child, would have changed his life if he would have been on the proper medication. When he would be in the hospital for a physical illness, we would always kind of joke that it was way easier to visit him in the hospital because he was on the right dosage of his regular medication, even if it wasn't even medication to treat bipolar disorder. When he was taking his medication right, he, you know, would be more more lucid. So I am always been a bit very pro-medication for that reason and from my own experiences in life. But when it came time for me to get medication, guys, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I was afraid that what was it going to do to my body? Would I gain a lot of weight? Would it make me worse? Would it change my personality? Would I lose myself? Would I become less sexually active? Would it change my personality negatively? And all of these fears were in my own head as someone who was knew I wanted medication. Looking back, I wish I would have gone on medication sooner because guys, life is fucking hard. Even when we're not in quarantine, life is tough. And I've seen people go on depression medication when a parent dies and the parent is, you know, 80 and the child is 55 to 60. (laughs) And here was little 22 to 24-year-old Mallory has already had a parent die, had her own mental health to handle, and also had her own abuse and PTSD from that, emotional abuse to deal with. And I thought I could still get by with my cognitive behavior. I was taught cognitive behavior at a young age. And I thought I could get through my grief and all that came with losing a parent that I could handle it the same way I've always handled my depression, except it wasn't just my depression anymore. And I was very angry for a couple years. And that was a huge forefront. I wasn't exactly like full-on angry, righteous Shirley from the Haunting of Hill House series, which by the way, one of my favorite lores is the Hill House lores. I call it a lore because the 
original book, the movies and TV shows that stray from it are very different from the original book, but still take elements. So it's kind of like it's got its own lore now, and I, I love it. But I wasn't full on surely angry, but still pretty angry. And when I came ready to to say, all right, I need medication, first step was to talk to a therapist and make sure that they agree and get their advice on it and have that therapist there so if I was weirded out with the medication, I had someone to talk to about it that knew what the heck the medication was supposed to be doing. So I decided to go ahead with it and even walking into the doctor's office because I wasn't going to a psychologist, so I had to make a doctor's appointment. And that made it even scarier because it was like another step I had to take. It wasn't just, yes, I want this and my psychologist will write the prescription. I had to then also make a doctor's appointment. And so it, the additional steps made it harder, but I followed through. I cried going into the doctor's office about it. I was terrified. And my therapist and the doctor reassured me, we're going to put you on a low dosage. I think I'm still on like the lowest dosage of Lexapro. I take five milligrams. It is one of the lowest dosages you can take. And I, my doctor even said, if you want to bump it up to 10, let me know. It's not a big deal. And she's not saying that to be all, you know, cavalier. Five to 10 milligrams really isn't that big of a deal. It's not. It, it's not. And so if you're afraid of it, it is not going to massively change your personality or anything like that. Obviously, when you get into more medications and higher doses, that risk, risk does you know increase, and there are those fears. But if you are feeling fearful to just try a medication for the first time, to just try that 5 to 10 milligrams of an anxiety or depression medication, I'm not telling you to not be fearful. I'm telling you I was fearful and I cried in the doctor's office and I'm so freaking happy. I am on Lexapro for the past like three years and I wish I would have done it sooner. Life is fucking hard and it's enough to get through the day to day and we are chemicals. We are a sack of meat and chemicals and if you need a little bit extra help in this life, that is okay and it doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. It makes you just as strong as you would if you would go to the doctor for your physical health. When you are sick physically is when you are weak. And when you are sick mentally, it is when you are weaker. When you go seek help and get medication and get therapy, that is when you are strong. That is when you are strong. So I am on five milligrams of Lexapro. Take it every day. It's basically nothing and it helps me without altering shit, really. It doesn't alter my personality or anything like that. If anything... It makes my life way better and alters my life to make me more me. I think that's a common misconception. We think, oh, the medication, if it's a low dosage, is going to change my personality and make it weird and make me not me. No, quite the contrary. You're not you now. If you're not getting treated even with therapy, you're sick right now. If you have this medication, it is making you mentally healthy and all it's doing is bringing you back to the true you when you are stuck in your depression or anxiety that is when you are unhealthy and when you are not truly yourself the lexapro the five milligrams even just helps me on the day-to-day -day be more me so I don't wake up on a Saturday morning even not even a work day on Saturday mornings I was waking up with absolute dread 
absolute existential dread just because I opened my eyes and I had to get through the day. And it made me change because I didn't love doing things that I love anymore. I didn't want to go do fun things as much or spend time with certain people as much that cared about me and loved me. I would rather be a little vegetable in front of the TV because I really just couldn't even handle or manage getting myself out of bed. And when you get on a medication, you're still going to have some low days. It's not like you'll never be low again, but it makes that day-to-day easier and it makes you more yourself. So while we're in quarantine, this is the perfect time to try out a medication because there's less societal factors in terms of, you know, maybe you're working from home. So if you have a moment where you need to bawl crying, you can do that because you're not in your cubicle and you don't have to run to the restroom in your office. You're at home and you probably have less social obligations and just less things on your to-do list because you can't leave the house. So if you're going to try a medication, if you've been thinking about it at all, now would be the time because just like, you know, trying psychedelic drugs maybe, it's safer if you're in a safe environment. And we're all in a very, I'm not comparing this to psychedelic drugs. They are not like drugs like that. It's not, it's different. This is health But it's the same idea of a safe space and you have more of your home and more of your safe space to see how you react to this medication. So I would say now is the perfect time and it is so incredibly important to get healthy at this time. We are dealing with a crisis that makes the healthiest people with their mental health start having mental sicknesses and we need to make sure we address it so we're focused on mental health. And honestly, when you get on a medication or start therapy, it helps your work and your career too. Things you learn in therapy will extend even way past your mental health. I know that for me, even with my work, it allows me to know how to respond to people better, how to manage working relationships, and how to be more patient, things like that, and how to tackle more things on your plate or just handle better what is on your plate. It will really bleed itself into other aspects of your life, especially your career and anything you do daily. It's going to affect in a positive way. So I highly suggest looking into therapy. Um, You can even, if you want to start looking for cognitive tools like Headspace, start there. Then the next step would be checking out a virtual therapist, and then the next step would be having a conversation with them about medication. It's all about mental health, you guys. Check in with yourself and don't be sick. Don't be sick. You, No one has to be sick. We all have our own bag of chemicals in our head and it is our job to treat it. So instead of getting angry and saying, what about healthy people that are dealing with this new mental health? It is your job to take action, and it is your job, just like it is your job to stay inside, it's your job to go to a therapist. Just like it is your job to go to the doctor if you're sick, it is your job to go and find a therapist and meet with them virtually to be mentally healthy. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns on my experience, please feel free to direct message me on my Instagram. Again, it's at Mallory.Blaine, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot B-L-A-Y-N-E. I'm not an expert, but I have been through things and we learn through each other. 
a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise one learns from the mistakes of others. So if you want advice on where to go next, I can maybe help point you in the right direction. I would love to do that because I am a huge advocate of therapy and mental health and even medication. So please just stay safe and take care of yourself and a therapist can help you even if you are just struggling during this time and it's not a larger mental health situation of having depression or anxiety, a therapist can even help you with finding proper ways, new ways to cognitively handle this behavior and be able to be happier in the situation we are right now. It's it's about coping and we can't do it alone. We shouldn't have to do it alone. And sometimes we need a freaking expert. So contact an expert, go to a therapist. It means you are strong if you go to a therapist to become mentally healthy. Find one that will help you cope with what you're dealing with now. Even if you, I would love for you to see this therapist and have them in your back pocket like you would any other doctor should an issue arise after COVID, but even if you just find a therapist to virtually meet with to cope with COVID and staying inside in this quarantine, that would be amazing. And I wish everyone in the world would do that because it would help society as a whole. Because when we help ourselves, we help each other as well. So we help how we handle things and react to others in this world. With that, my shout out this week is of course going to be to my therapist. I'm not going to reveal her name because... I didn't ask her permission if I could or not, but my shout out is to my therapist. I've only known her since the beginning of 2020, but she has already had an impact on my life. And of course, to my therapist growing up, who was more of a, she was the counselor that I mentioned. She got me through most of my childhood situations all through high school and college. And, you know, my parents divorced, things like that. And she helped me through through it all. So thanks to her as well. They are, all of my therapists have been women and really amazing women, very different women, but all women that really worked with me and what I needed and with my personality. And even though that they're different and kind of had different approaches, sometimes you need a different therapist in your life with a different approach for where you're currently at. So my, I guess, adult therapist, my therapist as an adult woman is she's just an absolute badass. And so my shout out is to her. So please reach out to me via Instagram, DM if you need any help or suggestions for your mental health journey. But therapy is so important, you guys. So let's stay mentally healthy so we can continue living our best life even in this moment so we can have our best life after this quarantine and continue to push forward in our relationships and our careers and in our independence and of course in our mental health. Until next week, happy Woman Crush Wednesday and make sure you're mentally healthy so that you can continue and leave your mark.